You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning, Twins territory. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Beautiful day here in town. Also a beautiful day, it looks like, in Detroit. Twins and the Tigers wrapping up this shortened three-game series. A full nine innings is what we will play today as the Twins look to salvage one in this weekend set. The pitching matchup will feature lefty Jay Happ and righty Willie Peralta. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for joining us today as we kick off our coverage here on the Treasure Island Baseball Network. And our guest on this Sunday morning is the Twins director, of amateur scouting in his fifth season doing that we welcome in sean johnson fresh off the amateur draft sean i know it's been a busy time for you and the staff so thanks for joining us good morning hey thanks for having me i appreciate it it's great to catch up with you once again first and foremost with the draft now in the rearview mirror this week have you slept have you been able to calm down and get back to normal life uh somewhat the sleep patterns are better over the last few days um they're still contracts to be negotiated and uh, get all these guys into the barn 100 percent. so uh that that's still a daily grind and things we have to think about but uh i'm looking forward to going to cape cod next week and digging into the 22s and uh get rolling on a, another draft class 21 selections overall we'll get to a few of those as we move along when is the date that uh, that players must sign by or they then can return to college i know it fluctuates depending on the draft date but when is that that uh, that cut line yeah it's a tighter window this year august 1st is the de- is the deadline to have everybody agreed to terms and and um through all the the physicals and everything else being completed so uh coming up quick uh smaller window which is fine i think for everybody the colleges that are going to lose players you know they need to know if they're going to get players back or not and and uh we need some roster certainty as well on our side so i think it's a pretty good date 21 picks uh, overall in this 20-round uh, draft. Let's go back to 2019 when it was still a 40-round selection. In, in those times, 40 rounds, how many players would you would you sign generally during a 40-round draft process? I'd say that number probably fluctuates somewhere around 25 or so, um, but not more than 35, somewhere in the middle there is probably where we land on an annual basis. So that being said, of these picks, do you, do you anticipate signing all of them? Yeah, we anticipate trying to sign all 21 guys. And then we've even signed a couple of guys after the draft in the 20K um, part of the draft this year. We've agreed to a couple of players uh, that are still getting the contracts worked out. But So we've got a couple more guys be- even behind the 20 rounds. Um, and I think we're going to pause for the time being to let Alex Hassan and his group figure out their roster space and, and navigate through that since they have a tighter roster now this year than ever before. So um, that's where we're at at the time being. And uh, But, we again, we feel great about the guys we got. All right, Twins had the 26th overall pick, and the first-round selection was a, uh, was a young pitcher out of high school, a right-hitter named Chase Petty. 
from New Jersey. Throws, I read, Sean, about 100, 102 miles an hour. What did you like about Chase Petty besides velocity? Yeah, well, I, I think um, it's not just a fastball. He's thrown hard for about a year now. This is the guy who just turned 18 uh, a month ago. So um, having that advanced velocity, obviously you don't have to worry about the guy throwing any harder down the road, which is nice. Um, I don't think, you know, you, you depending on what gun you read, it's 101 or 100 or 102. We've never seen that high, but um, certainly we've seen him hit 100 several times. But I think going forward, you know, we should, I think fans should expect him not to pitch at a hundred. If he shows up here in the big leagues, he's, you know, I think he'll settle in at 93 or four or five and, and throw hard enough. And it's about building out his secondary pitches. Now he's got a, a nice slider. Um, he's always had feel for a change going back to last summer. So it's a matter of just ironing out his delivery, arm action, taking good care of his arm, monitoring his innings and, and building him out slowly and, you know, make sure we teach him how to pitch, which, uh, you know, I, our player development group, especially with our pitching right now, I would uh, our coordinators, our coaches, the the minds that we have down there um, are going to do a fantastic job with this guy. He's in, and the one thing you need to bank on is is makeup. And this, you know, I'm sure people have seen some of his stuff on Twitter or interviews. Even draft night, he killed it. Right? He he's got great personality, energy. He loves to compete and pitch and uh, be part of a team. So all the things we look for in that, in that regard, he checks all the boxes. And, and uh, so yeah, he's all in. You, you want a guy in your first round pick, you know, to, to be all in for the process and the grind that he's going to have going forward to get to the big leagues. And we think he's equipped to do that. If, if and when he does sign, what's next for a guy like him that's just 18 years old? Well, I think what we'll do is assess where he's at physically, um, and how many innings he's thrown this year. And our guys will do a good job of either uh, ramping him down and, and going to work on his body and his strength and all, any weaknesses he has with his body currently. Um, you'll see more of that, working on his body composition more than seeing a bunch of innings and trying to move up a level right away. We want to be careful and, and uh, take our time with a guy like this, uh, especially with the advanced velocity. Um, it's just more about getting him accustomed to being a pro. And I think it, for most of the guys we've signed, that's the plan is to get them into a groove. Uh, we'll get them down to Fort Myers, get them used to being at the academy, which is excellent, and get them on a routine before we start throwing those guys into games, making sure they're ready to go. Because some guys haven't played for a few weeks or maybe a couple months. So everyone's on different timelines, which is uh, you know, a setback of having this late draft is some of these high school guys that have been drafted and signed haven't played in games since you know May. So you got to be really careful uh, on the onboarding process. And, and we're, we're, we've got a great process there to onboard these guys and get them on and, and turn them into pros. In your experience, in your role, uh, for somebody like Chase, who's 18 and throws as hard as he does, how often does that player not need surgery at some point as he ramps up his professional career, can the body that young sustain that kind of velocity without any kind of setback, you know, physically and maybe even surgically? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor and I don't know. We can't predict if these guys will blow out or not. Some guys throw hard forever and some guys um, end up having arm trouble and, and coming back from it. Um, you know, the, the success rate of Tommy John surgery in the event that he needs it or some other pitcher we drafted needs it the recovery um, success is at a high rate. So we feel good about taking on that risk. Um, we obviously, you know, we could use some 
talent uh, on the mound in our minor league system. So to get Chase, you know, in that in that part of the draft where we picked, uh, we feel great about it. We didn't think he'd be around um, going into it. I thought it was probably 50-50 at best. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to move forward. We, we, we made the pick, and we're obviously – going to monitor the velocity and his workload and, and do the things we can to keep him from going down that path of our arm surgery or anything like that. So it's all moving positive going forward. And that's all you can do. It's, it's, you know, we've had the cleanest deliveries of these high school guys that didn't throw a hundred going back a lot of years that some guys get hurt and some guys just don't. So um, that's just the risk you take taking pitching and, and we're okay with that. Twins had two picks on day one, Chase Petty, 26th overall, the 36th overall selection, a Wisconsin kid from Ozaki High School, not too far from Milwaukee, and Noah Miller. In fact, uh, the Twins saw his older brother, Owen Miller, for his big league debut when the Twins in Cleveland played not too long ago. And Noah, in fact, missed his high school graduation to be in Cleveland to watch his brother's uh, big league debut. But was he the, the next uh, guy up on your board when you made that pick? He's an infielder? Yeah. Um, you know, I've said this before. I You go into the draft um, – with a few plan A's and B's and maybe even C's and beyond, even on day one, especially picking at the back of the round, you've got to be ready for anything that happens. And so um, Noah Miller is one of the guys you just don't want to walk out of the draft room at, at the end of it and say you missed out on him. Uh, it's a guy that he's a beautiful kid uh, from a great baseball family, obviously. Um, and he's, he's a guy that, you know, if you go watch Byron Buxton play one game in high school, you're going to get why he should be maybe the number one pick in the draft because his tools just really jump right out at you. But you have to watch Owen Miller play a couple games before you get a feel for who he is, because um, he's just extremely skilled. He's got great instincts and a great clock. Uh, he knows where to be defensively, um, and he can make a lot of plays, more plays than you think he can, because he's not the fastest guy in the world. So, um, But offensively, it's very rare to see an offensive player in high school with a really good foundation to, to hit from both sides of the plate. So the switch hitter part was a draw to us as well. And then when you get around the kid, uh, he's just a phenomenal kid and, and uh, a guy that we just didn't want to miss out on. We knew that there was about 0% chance he'd be there at our next pick on day two in the second round. So we, we made sure to grab him and get him in the system. Um, again, we just didn't want to miss out on Noah Miller. Where do you see him playing defensively? I think he's a shortstop for a long time. Now, whether he plays third or second, that will be at a really high level, um, definitely above average. And uh, we think he's going to have power from both sides of the plate. We've seen it uh, with our looks this spring um, that he can hit the ball a long way. And he's got a field to hit, use the whole field. So it's kind of the whole package. Um, and then you, you go back to the makeup. He's just a phenomenal baseball kid and really a, a, a lower-risk player, but we think he's going to be sound and steady and, and have a chance to be an impact big leaguer, right, we'll take whether it's first... shortstop or not. Okay, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show. Come back, we'll talk more about the draft itself and maybe ask Sean some big-picture questions about the draft date, the rounds, and all that, and his role, how's he, how he sees that uh, moving forward to 2022 and beyond. Inside Twins, Sean Johnson is our guest on your home for Twins Baseball. Back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killiber Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Sean Johnson, Twins director of Amateur Scouting, recapping the draft a little bit. Sean, looking at the selections, three of your first four picks were pitchers. Done by design? 
Uh, well, we certainly felt like going into the draft that pitching was definitely the depth of, of this draft class. And you, know, you saw a couple teams take all pitchers. And um, my guess on that might be that, you know, without a full summer last year with Cape Cod or Team USA performances that, you know, you're a little more safer to go the pitching route because you have a little more background. Those guys are, they're a little more clear cut to evaluate, but um, no, I think we were hopeful to get a couple of those pitchers. We ended up with uh, maybe more than we thought we would. So um, I was, I was hoping, hopeful we would get some pitching in the top five rounds and um, to get all those guys we got uh, is a, uh, feels like a good outcome. No question. Um, I just think there were more pitchers to choose from than, than bats going into it, and that kind of held up, I think, across the industry. Yeah, you mentioned uh, some teams uh, went all pitching, and the Angels were one of those teams. Uh, 20 picks, all 20 were pitchers. So do you think that was because of background, like you referenced with COVID uh, last season, eliminating so much amateur baseball, or is some of that playing the odds that of 20 pitchers they take you know, maybe seven or eight are going to, to, to reach the big leagues and be impactful. Yeah, I'm not sure the mindset there to take all pitchers, but um, I certainly think it's – I'm guessing the teams that did that felt like they needed to bolster some of the pitching in their minor leagues and, and why not do it this year with a little bit of uh, uncertainty on some of the bats. So um, that certainly felt like something they set out to do. And, you know, we weren't going to take all pitchers, but we were hopeful to get a few, and we did. Let me throw some names your way. Matt Canarino, a second-round pick. Josh Winder, seventh-round pick. Jordan Balazovic, a fifth-round pick. Uh, Charlie Barnes debuted yesterday, fourth-round pick. Bailey Ober, a twelfth-round pick. Uh, Blaine Enloe, down right now with Tommy John, a third-round pick. So much attention is paid to the first-round selections. But who are the people you like as you worked your way through the draft? Uh, late, you know, I guess second-round, third-round, moving on, that you think maybe is a bit of a steal that uh, was still around surprisingly when you made that selection. Well, I think uh, just looking at the top part, you know, Povich, we were hopeful to get in the third and we did. Uh, McLeod, Christian McLeod from Mississippi State was a guy that we saw early really good. He was, he was, he didn't pitch great in the, in the playoffs in the college world series. He kind of had a couple meltdowns. It's probably fair to say. Um, but looking at his whole body of work, um, can strike guys out. He's got a good curveball, a good change. He's got a fastball that's not super hard. You know, it's uh, around 88, 90, 91, but he's got carry to his fastball, things that we like. Um, and that's really the common thread. The guys you mentioned that we've taken later in the draft past the first round is established college strike throwers um, who've gotten people out and struck people out. Um, and, and, you know, we've almost got this bias now going forward just because of all the great work that our player development's done with those guys, building those guys up from where they were when we took them, you know, Josh Winder was a, he threw 90 miles an hour a lot in college, but he struck people out and he didn't walk people. Now he's throwing much harder. Now Canarino the same way, three years of uh, impressive work at Rice started every game he was in. Uh, those are the things we're looking for and gravitating towards. It's uh, pitchers who've actually started games and uh, have done a, a good job of doing that. Established college pitching, that, that kind of segues into something else that I wanted to dive into. Uh, the Twins will see the White Sox for a series uh, beginning tomorrow. Uh, the White Sox in 2019 selected Andrew Vaughn, and he's up already. They selected Garrett Crochet last year, and he debuted last year. And it got me thinking back to the Twins in 2019, and this is not a knock on Keone Cavaco. 
But in terms of the draft, and you see at that point in the June draft in 19, the Twins had a very good team. They had one of the best teams in baseball. You could see where they were going. And I know the line that you take the best player available. But in a given year, when you have a good team like the Twins did, one of the best teams in baseball in 19, have you ever been tempted to shift away from that just for that one year to say, you know what, he may not be the best guy on our board, but he may be number five, and we think that number five could impact the team in that same year. And I think back to 19, was there ever any discussion uh, going back a couple of years ago about selecting you know, such a player? Yeah, well, we certainly kick around those ideas. Um, but I think our philosophy, starting with Derek Thad down, is, you know, you, you it's a little short-sighted to make those picks depending on the where your big league team is doing or how they're performing or how they're not performing to supplement that team right away because it's not always the easiest thing to do. Now, you, you saw Crochet come up uh, in the pen, and, you know, if – we're, again, we're we're trying. Arlene is trying to acquire starters in the first few rounds, um, versus trying to pick out a reliever. That's just our philosophy, um, because you know you're the way I think we look at it is if we're we're a trade or two away from not having any position players coming up if we package those guys in a deal for for pitching to get back or vice versa. So you can never have enough pitching. You can never have enough position players. You need it all, and you have to stay the long. You know the sustainability of a of a organization depends on you staying disciplined with your approach. So obviously, there's a temptation to grab Crochet. We love Crochet. Um, Andrew Vaughn was a he's one of the best college hitters I've personally ever seen. Most of our guys have ever seen. So of course he's going to get there a lot faster now. He also went in the top five or ten picks of the draft. So you have different access to players in the back of the first round versus the top of the first round. So um, every year it's a little different. You take the same approach, but I think our key for us and the word I use a lot in the room is staying disciplined throughout the draft, making sure we're not getting short-sighted at any point just because of what might happen if we got that player to the big leagues quick. Um, you want to take the long play. And one more thought before we take our next break. And your predecessor, Darren Johnson, I guess maybe going back to the 2015 draft, when the Twins selected Tyler J out of the University of Illinois. At the time, was there thought that this could be a pretty quick promotion coming from college to the big leagues? It never happened. But was that part of the discussion with taking Tyler in that slot back in 15? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was, there wasn't a plan to move him up the system or get him up here right away. Uh, again, that's not really our attitude towards it. I think, um, you know, trying to turn, again, why we really focus now on guys with track record of starting Tyler J didn't have that. And we've talked about that and admitted that's probably a misstep. So, um, you know, you can go back and revisit all these drafts if you want and try to do them differently. And, and we talk about them all too, the things we've done, right. The things we've done wrong. That's part of our process to, to improve going forward, because you're just always going to make mistakes no matter how good your process is. But, um, we have, we just want to stay in line with what we think is the right way to move forward and, and stick to that. So, um, yeah, Tyler J. I, I don't think we were trying to rush him up, or we just thought he, he was a guy who had been relieving, but we thought he could start. All right, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins with Sean Johnson next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Sean Johnson as we wrap up the Sunday show. All right, the June draft was moved to July with the All-Star break. Uh, some branding involved there. In your role, 
when is the ideal date to hold the amateur draft? And location well, and where? I, sure. Um, ideally, I'd have either back to where it was, like the second week of June, um, which is perfectly fine for us. It gives us time to digest the conference tournaments and the last looks on the college players. The, the high school players are somewhat wrapped up, but there's some of them are still playing, but that still works for us. Um, I think the best of both worlds, trying to get ratings up for the draft and all those things, um, would be to package it around the College World Series. I just think it makes a lot of sense. You've got this. Here's the visual: is you know you've got a big, you've got the big uh, stage in front of TD Ameritrade. You've got all the players and all the college fans from eight different powerhouse, usually uh, uh, teams that are there in town. Um, do the do the show there. Have it a couple of days before the draft start, the World Series starts. Um, so you've got a lot of the top picks in town. Uh, right there and um, you can bring the high school guys in that are maybe considering going to college uh, and playing in the world series or maybe signing so you might get a pretty good attendance that way um i just think that timing works best for everybody um the the the, if they keep it in the late july period um and around the futures game and the all-star break i just i just i think it's uh it's not best for uh i think people that no one's considering the people that have to actually cover these players. We've covered two classes at one time now. I had to see the USA national team, uh, you know, the day before, week before the draft started. And um, it's just not ideal for us in that, in that manner. Hey, Sean, we have to run. Uh, but uh, thanks for your time. Enjoy the conversation as always. Thank you for having me on. Uh, we thank Sean Johnson for joining us, the Twins Director of Amber Scouting. Twins Baseball continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.